go. So, hello and welcome to episode three of the Scottish Running Podcast with myself, Sean Gaffney, Pete Tucker. And now we've got a very, in, in my opinion, you've got an absolutely outstanding guest today. Um, I don't know if many, a lot of you kind of maybe older folk maybe heard of Tommy Murray, but Tommy is a runner from Greenock who achieved a, an outstanding running career. Um, Tommy remains the part of the British men's team, the last British men's team to medal at the World Cross Country Championships. And he was in very good company in that team as well. And he's also the proud owner of a world individual uh, silver medal from the World Mountain Running Championships, which was held in Edinburgh as well. And I think it's kind of arguable to say, Tommy, on a medal basis, <laughs> he's probably from Greenock in the area and from Scotland. We're one of the most successful runners, so please welcome Tommy Murray to the podcast. So, how are you, Tommy? First of all, I'm I'm absolutely brilliant. Excellent. excellent. I'm in good shape now. I'm not running. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know whether I look healthier. No, but some people say I look healthier than what I did when I was running. <laughs> I know I'm the same. Like through COVID, they just kind of I was training for marathons, took a bit of a step back and. Went to the gym a bit and put on a wee bit of muscle and people, oh, you're looking well. I was like, this is what it feels like. This is what life post-running is like. <laughs> it's, not until, it's not until you stop running you realise how unhealthy you actually looked when you were running. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's right, Tommy. My, I, don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's the same with you, Tommy, but whenever, whenever uh, back, well, a few years ago in my case, uh, but when, when I've been quite fit and, and running well, and someone comes up to you and they say, oh, are you okay? You, you, you don't look well. You look you ill. And normally that's when you're, you're, you're fittest. So I think we... Some of us runners take that as a compliment. Is that the same with you? Well, well, my 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 nickname I used to get called the White Ethiopian. So <laughs> you can imagine you can imagine how bad I looked. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Well, listen, obviously, um, yeah, I've had a, a little bit of a look on the on the Scottish Running History website about yourself, and obviously, Sean's filled me. Obviously, he's, uh, not not had the privilege to meet you uh, until now, so it's it's great to catch up. But um, Sean's filled me in and uh, on your running career. And uh, I'll be honest, having been in. In, well, having run for Inverclyde since sort of 2017, uh, been up here myself sort of six years or so. Obviously, I've heard a few stories. So the the the, the name is that the legend speaks for itself. So we'll, we'll look forward to hearing a bit more from you. But what I'll do, I'll just quickly um, kick things off. What we've been doing, we're, obviously, this is our our third episode, so it's just uh, in the making, if you like. We uh, we just do like a little quick fire round. So I'll just uh, crack on with that, if that's all right with you. Yeah, no problems. Brilliant. Okay, so uh, first of all, and uh, obviously we've heard a little bit already um, about your, your running career, but question one is just your, your sort of best achievement or your proudest PB. Which one? Proudest PB was probably running 29.09 at Medibank for a 10,000 metres in a really wet and windy night. It was really tough for that one. Um, best rate, most memorable race, well, quite a few actually, but... Um, I went to I went to Holland and ran a cross country race over there as a as a virtually unknown, and uh, I won it. So and I went back a few times later and won it again. So that was one. It's called the um, the Down I'll try and pronounce it Down cross country meeting. Something that was called, but yeah, I, I, I was probably not. I loved that because okay, it's so different when you go abroad, Mark. Because like, I ran an international race in Ireland, Scotland, England, Ireland, Wales. And yeah. two men and two men and their dog seen it. You run a, a race abroad and like twenty thousand will come out to watch it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now that's great. Thank, thanks for that. All right. 
moving on. Um, so just your your favourite male athlete. Favourite male athlete. I've got quite a few of them, but I'll stick with John Nagugi. Okay. John Nagugi, right. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, athlete. Uh, sorry. Question. Uh, question number three would be your your famous uh, your favourite female athlete. Favourite female. Um, Liz McCollum. Yeah, great shout. Yeah, that's interesting because uh, our previous two guests have gone for uh, for Paula. So obviously, yeah, Liz. Uh, Liz was a, a great runner, obviously, and it's good to see her, her daughter now following in her footsteps and, and surpassing. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. unbelievable. Okay, uh, right, next one. Um, so this is one, uh, again, I, I, again, I'm not, not sure the answer here, but I look forward to hearing about this one. Uh, your favourite football team? Glasgow Rangers. Glasgow Rangers. Oh, well, that, well, that's good. That's good. Obviously, uh, I know my, my fellow host um, is, a, is a, you know, he's on the other side of the fence, but I, I'm a neutral guy mm. myself. Uh, so I just got to turn that notification off there. Right, um, yeah, so no, Rangers, great. Uh, I, I went to, uh, again, I'm, I'm trying not to name drop here. I've, I've mentioned, in fact, I'm not going to mention his name because I mentioned him in the previous two podcasts, so I won't name drop him. But uh, in terms of Rangers, I, I actually went to school with uh, with Michael Bill. So there you go, fun oh, fact. There you go. Well, so I, there could you go. You, I could tell you an interest. Well, I could tell him name drop a couple of things here. Um, go on. I've been sponsored by Isaac so most of my running career, probably about, for about 15 years. So... I had to go up to Glasgow to a hotel near the SECC to sign a new contract. Um, yeah. So I walked in. There was a guy called um, Jeff Sheard, who was the CEO. Uh, so I'm then sitting down in sort of foyer. And he says, I'm just waiting for somebody else coming. They're going to sign a contract as well. So in walks Ali McCoyst. Oh, wow. So yeah, yeah. Me and him signed my contract. So we we'll chat. Blah, blah, blah. That's fine. Um, so a number of years later, um, through it, Edinburgh, I think it was Edinburgh 10K. Yeah. And with sort of uh, elite athletes and invited guests. And then walks Ali again. And he's looking at me and all the time. He says, I'm a guy, remember, we'll sign the court. Oh, that's right, that's right. So blah, blah, blah. We have each other. Roll on 15, 20 years after that. Yeah. You now know I'm a, you know I'm a youth football referee now. Okay. So I'm doing a game up in Port Glasgow. And I look to my side. And there's Alistair McCoyst. <laughs> And then so I'm, well, I'm going to be staying here. So at half time, I'm standing at the side of the park and sort of he's at the far side. So I walked over to him. I said, how's it going, Alistair? And he's looking at me and I'm like, no, remember him. And he's like, you're the boy who does a running thing. And I'm like, I said, what are you doing here? His son was playing. And then I went on to the referees. He's other three sons throughout my, my refereeing career. And we oh, became, right. quite, became quite good friends now. So I've, <laughs> uh, so I've refereed every one of his sons. At, there you go. Yeah, that's that's good to hear because I think he was staying not not a mini miles from because I'm in Bishopton. I think he was in Formacken um, at one point, the Formacken Estates there, and I'll gather yeah. he's in Bridge of Weir now. Is that right, Bridge of Weir? Bridge of Weir, that's right. Yeah, Bridge right. Okay, brilliant. All right, then, uh, thanks for that. Okay, moving on then. Um, just uh, five more, uh, six more questions. Uh, favorite movie? Um, I would probably go for Forrest Gump. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, great. Okay, great shout. All right, um, and then here's here's one for you. Uh, most interesting person you've met through running? Oh, maybe <laughs> not. Maybe not. Well, I've met a few. I've met um, Frank Bruno. I've met oh, wow. Alistair McCoyst. Yeah. I've met Jimmy Savile, but we'll not go there. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> a few, actually, yeah. a few. John oh. Nagugi. Um, God, Dieter Bowman. Met quite a few. Yeah. Okay. Now that's great. 
All right, and then uh, so moving on, uh, we've got uh, your your favourite race that you like Absolutely. to do, whether it's a big race or just a local race. A lot of us have our local races that we like and we go to every year, but yeah. just your race. I would say the Trun 10K okay. race. Brilliant. All right, Trun 10K. Uh, and then this is one I'm, I'm quite interested to hear uh, your your thoughts on this one, your your favourite session. Six times a thousand with a minute recovery. Right, I'm actually going to write that down right now. I'm not even six times 1K off a minute. Okay, so again, I'm just gonna, I know this is going to be my quick fire round, but I'm going to need to just elaborate a little bit there. So, what what, what are we sort of looking at uh, on one of your good days? What are we hitting there for those K reps? Time wise, um, in the summer things, I do want to answer about that one on the track. Um, probably yeah. the summer time would be hitting 241, 42. Wow, um, yeah, the winter time maybe about 48. Right, brilliant. Okay, good stuff. All right, it's good to hear. Okay, uh, moving on. Um, where are we? We've lost me. Uh, page right. So the next one is um, number nine. Uh, your favourite food? My favourite food. Well, now it's totally different, but then it was probably wheat or and bananas. <laughs> okay. What about now? Anything. Anything. Anything unhealthy. Anything that's unhealthy. I've been dead lucky, Mark. So like my weight, my weights. I, I, when I was running, I was probably running about eight and a half stone, eight yeah. and three quarters. I'm nine stone now, so on nothing, you know. <laughs> That's good. Okay, brilliant. All right, and then uh, finally, um, just your uh, if you've got a phobia or a, a pet hate. Frogs. <laughs> Frogs. Okay. No. We went to we went. I went with the Scottish team to to Malaysia, and then we flew on to Borneo to run the, the World Mountain Running Championships. Yeah, and we were staying sort of middle of the outskirts of the jungle type thing and uh, right outside the cabin that we were in was a wee pond and every night these huge fucking frogs would come and Jesus I just couldn't agree. I could not go out the following door I had to keep saying to Chris Robinson you need to get first and fucking chase them away because I, <laughs> I just can't I just can't get there I'm terrified of these frogs it's unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Well, I think if ever if ever I was to uh, to, to race you in your prime, if, if I'd have known that information, <laughs> I would have uh, I would have yeah had it by a pond, and I would have had Paul, is it is it the frog song playing by by uh, Paul McCartney? But there we go. Oh, there God. we go. <laughs> Cheers for that. All right, Sean. Um, I, I back over to you, mate. Hi. So, so I didn't know half of that information. Uh, you told me. <laughs> but, but no, like also I've known you for a while. So I was in fact. When I first started running, uh, it was also Janice Henry who noticed me when I was like a 15-year-old boy running a bit of streets and that, and she said, come on it to the track and whatever. And back in those days, the Inverclyde Juniors, they trained at Rankin Park. But I get the days mixed up and I turned up at a track and, and you were there. And I was like, I'm supposed to meet Janice. And you're like, oh, she's at Rankin Park and you gave me a session. You gave me a, I was like, oh, I ran before and you gave me some 200 to do. And you're like, right, how'd that one feel? And, I remember waking up the next day, my hamstrings were like, ah, what the hell did you do to yours last night? <laughs> that's that's how I met yourself, but obviously through like running and stuff as well, I know how an, an, an incredible runner you were. And also through Inverclyde, you've you know you you helped Inverclyde, you know, win a lot of medals as well. Um yeah. but through your running career, you've had it's been outstanding. So from your, from the beginning, Tommy, where would you say your running career you know, really started? Where did you start running? Where did it start? Right, that, that's quite easy. Um, obviously, when I was younger, I wasn't I, I wasn't very well, so um, suffered quite badly for a number of years. Um, but then when I started to get better, um, 
I was doing a wee bit of jogging, not not much, maybe about three miles every other day. And um, I'd went to a, I went to a local nightclub uh, in Greenock, and I knew one of the doormen, and one of the doormen was trying to raise money for a young boy with bone marrow cancer, and he was asking people to take a sponsor seat and run the local ten k. So I was like, I'll, I'll try it. I'll, I'll get a go. So took the seat, ran the race, and finished third behind a number of local athletes. So I can't remember my time as that's irrelevant. I just I know I finished third. Um so a number of them for Glen Park Carriers approached us and asked us to join and I, and I said no. But there was one guy who worked with my brother, a boy called David McGee, my brother worked in the post office. He kept persisting and kept going on and I said, right, okay, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll come down to the club and get a try. And I remember my first night going down to the clubhouse and I walked in and there was all these grown men I'm wearing tights. I've run hill tracks, as they were called, and then there's tights to me. And yeah. I'm looking, I'm kind of looking and going, what the fuck's going on here? Like, you know, because I've <laughs> come to Greenup, I've come to the East End of Greenup, where dogs are feared to walk about in single file, you know what I mean? I said, um, so I said, okay, right, I'll do a training run with them. I went for five miles, and it was quite easy. And then we come back to the clubhouse, and then they had a huge big bath, and then Three of them are jumping into the bath at a time, so that's me. Again, I'm taking a wee step back going, oh, wait a minute, this is not for me. So I never, I never went back for a couple of weeks, but this guy kept going on and on and on. So I eventually went back and joined, and the rest is history. Within a year, I was running for Scotland. Just, But my chance, the, the, the biggest thing that happened to me, which I think helped my career, or helped set off my career, one night I was down in the back of the park, there's a large, large park in Greenock, and I used to just run to the clubhouse, down to the park, do two laps of the park and back up to the clubhouse, which so I added up to about six mile. Here, one night I met these two guys. One was called Harney Cox, and the other guy was called Lackey Stewart, who I knew nothing about. Nothing. Yeah. And well, you know who Lackey is, you know, I mean, 10,000, come well, 10,000 yeah. metres, beat Ron Clark and stuff like that. And they said, they said to me, do you want to come and try a session? And I'm saying, what's a session? You know, I've not, not got a clue. A session to me, please, then everybody was going to the drinking binge. Yeah. So, but I ended up went and done it with them. And that was it. Loved it. Met them for several weeks on end and just kept doing these sessions brilliant wow i mean it's and i think a lot of people a lot of people know that but also and rucklade itself like they do get like over the years if I, like you know, like yourself like, world no a lot of world-class athletes I and mean, lucky stewart come over here and he trained a lot of guys over here laurie spence cami spence yourself you know mark pollard as well i know i know when mark Maybe in any other generation, Mark might have been up at a little bit. I think that's when the 15 mm-hmm. meter run starts to really take off. But the the, area, the amount of runners Greenock have had who have been, you know, a lot of potential there and have achieved a lot of success is quite amazing. And then obviously yourself, that you've won your, your world medals, but we'll go into that in a wee minute or so. But um, but I so a year later you ran for Scotland. And then yeah. what, what, what race was that in? It was, it was the Isle of Man. It was a cross country. It was on the Isle of Man. It was uh, Scotland, England, Wales, and Ireland. Um, I went over there as a I think it was a three man team with me, Bobby Quinn, and a boy called Eddie Stewart. Mm-hmm. Wow. That was a that, that was a real eye opener for me because I thought when you ran for Scotland, you know it was going to be so professional and you get all this new nice shiny gear. No, no, you had a second hand vest and you had to hand it back after the race as well. I was like, wow, man. No, <laughs> weren't even allowed to keep your best. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but no, I think I think I did it as well. No, not for I think I 
I was running the second clean for some club and like, it's 20 quid for the vest. I'm like, all oh, right, okay. All right, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you asked me. I, I, you know. I went to, I, and I managed to make the, what was it, 1987 World Cross Country in Warsaw. That was the last time uh, you get the four home nations running as, as the individual countries. Um, so they let me keep my vest there. <laughs> I'll, I'll show you. I've got it here. It's still, I don't know, 1987. It still looks in good. Well, I think it looks in good. Like my wife said, it's terrible, but it, that's it there. No, that's like that's what you call retro. Yeah, that's that's a retro. retro. They should make the vest like that again. Uh, Adidas. I know. As well. I, I said that. I, I still actually still wear that sometimes. <laughs> it does. It looks. It looks a bit like a Scotland football top. The old retro ones. The, the does that. That's the East Sticker the game is at the World Cross in Warsaw. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought that, I thought I thought that was fish. It's actually meant to be three feet. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. You kept all that as well. Um, I've kept a few things. I've not. Do you know? I've, I've actually not really got that much stuff, but I kept a few bits and pieces out here. I've given away my British gear. I've given away my Scottish stuff and that. I've just got two vests and a couple of e magazines and stuff like that. I've kept. But when, when you when you did a lot of travelling, Tommy, and, and representing obviously the GB and, and and Scotland, did you uh, did you ever used to sort of uh, swap kit with other other athletes and that? That was a yeah. thing. I, I've, I've been fortunate to not not to the level you have, obviously, but I've, I've been fortunate to to you know a few representations here and there, and, and running taking me to a few interesting places. And um, some of the kit I would get. Also, briefly on my background, some of my running has been, for, uh, as well as uh, having recently run for Scotland, despite the accent, um, but uh, yeah, also representing the, the British police in uh, European championships across country and track, and also when I was in the army many, many moons ago. But yeah, and some of the kit we would have, like, sometimes it would be like, uh, I think it was like Fast Tracks or uh, or Pro Star, and then you see yeah. the other teams there, they'd have like, the Germans would have the Adidas kit, uh, Spanish, sometimes ASICs, I don't know you were sponsored, but yeah, clearly we would, we would try and swap kit. So what did you, you got, <laughs> got any stories there? Yeah, I get the, that one, the one I ran in Warsaw, I swapped my uh, Scotland tracksuit, which was just basically an Adidas tracksuit, it said Scotland on the back with felt letters. For a yeah. for a for a Polish one, not because I wanted the Polish one, but because I felt dead sorry for the Polish athletes because they had absolutely nothing. They had All right. absolutely nothing. So I said, right. "Well, here a here a brand new tracksuit." And I took the Polish one. Uh, I have, and I've swapped a few other things, but I yeah. used to have a couple of Kenyan vests actually. But through the years, uh -huh. you just you get rid of them, you just throw them away because they're just taking up room in your drawers. Nah. That's right. Yeah, I used to, you... to trade them now and again in green. I've got a bit of a Kenyan vest, you know, but. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to put on a, a, a different vest occasionally. You get a few straight, even when I'm nowadays, it's more when I'm just on, on holiday in Tenerife or somewhere and I put the uh, the, the Spanish vest on them because in fact, that one was a, a Spanish police vest. So occasionally I get a, a few double takes. <laughs> they like, who's, who's this guy? You know, do we need to be a bit wary here? We've got to be on our, our best behavior, but uh. But uh, there, there you go. Um, and so just just uh, going back to a couple of things you mentioned, uh, obviously the, the, the T-shirt I've got on here, the, uh, the Lop Lomond uh, 10K, which was obviously the Vale of Leaving 10K. I think it was Polaroid yeah. back in the day. I don't know if you've done that that yourself. But yeah, obviously I, I had the privilege of meeting Lackie Stewart there just a couple of a weeks ago. And I met him there, uh, I think back in 2017 when I did it for the first time. And obviously yeah, I know about his, his 10,000 metres. So that, that must have been great uh, running with him back in the day. Well, the, the Vale of Leaving 10K was my biggest payday ever. Oh, was it? Right, but used to used to be part of the Polaroid series, right? So you yeah. three or four races. So the last yeah. race always had a good prize. Out. So um, in previous years, it was a trip to America, right? Wow. So I'd been second wow. a couple of times, and I was determined I was going to win it. So I can't yeah. remember the year, but I remember I won it this year. So 
I was standing with Cammy Spence and a couple other boys at the Inverclyde Athletics, and uh, they shouted up, like, Tom, what the first prize, blah, blah, come up, receive your cheque. And I'm going, what happened to the flights to America? And the guy said, no, no, we've done away with this, it's a cheque. So he's handing me the cheque, and, and I'm looking at it, and I'm saying, 500 quid, that's that's pretty decent. You know what's pretty decent? So I'm back and I stood with my, my mates, and they were like, oh, fuck's sake, Tommy, some, that's some deal you've got there. And I'm like, oh, 500 quid, eh? They went, no, read it again. 5,000. <laughs> All right. Nice. Wow. Apparently, a sponsor had come in at the last minute. I'm trying to remember the name of it. It was a drinks group. It was like somebody that made soft, soft drinks and came in okay. at the last minute. Got five grand for the first woman and five grand for the first man. That's so, brilliant. Yeah, uh, that's you, just, you, just wouldn't, you just wouldn't get that these days. Oh, no. <laughs> No, that's good. Good to hear. I, listen, I will just say, guys, apologies. As I said, I'm, I'm not long in the door from work and I'm, I'm not as prepared as I'd like to be. I'm on 2% battery. So if I do cut off, I'll leave it to you and Sean to finish up. But um, just just on that note, um, talking about, yeah, like prize money and stuff like that, obviously, yeah, there's there's uh, certain races where you, I guess a lot of us look at it, those that w when you're competing or, or you're you're being quite competitive in certain races, you, you, we all have a look. We know, you know, we know where the prize money is. You know, sometimes who's going to turn up. You have a look at the entry list and or, or sometimes I'm sure you've had that yourself in the past talking to various people and being a bit sort of coy you know any races coming up at the weekend and then trying to keep it a bit quiet i mean going back down to sort of my, my level for me it would be like even the the swanley christmas caper um back in the day um yeah. I, I used to win win that race and, and you'd get a turkey which was uh it was a it was a big turkey as well it was enough <laughs> to feed the family of 10 so that, that that kept me popular in the household but uh yeah so little races like that but just just on that note you're talking about that that sum you won there i mean i don't know if you're familiar with it it's not a race i've ever done myself i would like to but a friend of mine's done this race and he's he sort of told me about it but there's this man versus horse race i'm sure you might have heard I of it that. yeah i've seen that yeah i don't know if you're familiar there was a guy um hugh lobb and he won it i think because it was i think it was a thousand pounds it went up every year uh, unless you beat the horse and then I think no one had won it for 25 years so he won it 25 grand wow. so happy days well, I, see I think I don't I think I've seen a bit on the tv that guy actually winning it I think it was televised I had recorded yeah. it that's brilliant I thought it was fantastic um I can I used to I used to I, I, it, in the end of I had a, an agent that used to get me races abroad so you get appearance money and different things you know and prize money so yeah, I, I, I don't know okay at, at the end but um no I, I was the same as you I used to look about for races local races yeah, whether it was 50 quid or 100 quid, it's yeah, it's definitely because British British people didn't appreciate what athletes do. I think they do appreciate it more now, but certainly when I was on the dinner, as I said to you, I went running in an asteroid and nobody turned up in Scotland. Nobody, yeah, ran, a few, ran loads abroad in like 20,000. I went to a wee place called Lagrano in the north of Spain, okay, and, and there was about 30,000 people showed up to watch it because all the top athletes in Spain were running. Like Prieta and all that were running. Everybody showed up to see these these guys running, and it was, yeah. it was absolutely out of this world. See, to be running yeah. in a crowd, just the whole racetrack was just covered with people, maybe four or five deep. So that's the difference. These yeah. most European countries will support their countrymen, whether they're playing tiddlywinks, whether they're running a marathon, whether yeah. they're using, you know, I don't know, a spear or something, they'll just show up to, to watch, whereas we don't. It's like mostly football, 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 football. Yep. Yeah, that's it. No, in fact, just just lastly on, on the note with prize money because it, it's an interesting subject, and we could probably chat chat all day about different races and you know keeping it who, who's doing what, all that sort of thing. I, I remember doing there was a race down south that that I did a couple of times. Uh, it, it doesn't take place anymore, but it was a, a new kind of 
sort of race where they had sponsors and they were trying to build it up sort of thing and it's a massive shopping center i think what i don't think it is anymore but it was the, the biggest shopping center in europe at the time this place called blue water um just near dartford actually uh so this this race was coming up we'd seen it we'd like a lot, lot of local runners had seen what the prize money was uh there was a like a 5k it was sponsored by land rover cross country kind of 5k challenge race um, and then there was also like a 10k road race and they both had different sort of prize money. Uh, yeah, I think it was maybe one down to certainly first three it might be in the top five. And anyway, I, I got there. It started at a ridiculously early time, which for me, I think it was about half six in the morning the race started. They started that early because it was at Blue Water and they wanted to do it before the shoppers got in. Yeah, I remember getting there. Getting there really early, um, thinking right, I, I fancy my chance. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get something here, even if I don't win it. I, I think I'll be all right. I was with my my ex girlfriend at the time, and then we're in the car park, and she's like, "Oh, look at those guy, guy, uh, two over there. They they look sort of quite fit." And then there was this guy and this uh, and his partner. They were head to toe in night gear, and I thought, "Oh, they look all right." Like he's, I thought it was just one of those, you know, like his and hers kind of gear. They've been out to like sweatshop, and they've got all the night gear, all the gear, no idea. And then I'm looking, yeah. I'm thinking, oh. and then I look a bit closer, and then he's got a rucksack on with. Great Britain written on it. I'm like, oh, here we go. And then, uh, unfortunately, he's no longer with us. Very talented guy from um, Windsor Slough, eating at Hounslow, uh, Sam Hoffian. Uh, he, he was some runner. I don't know what, I, th I think he was down to sort of circa 13, 20 for 5,000 meters. So, very, very yeah. good runner. Uh, and then I'm like, oh well, here we go. We've got a race that I had. So yeah, guys like that would turn up. And then he he did the uh, the Land Rover challenge. He went flying off like a, a, you know ridiculously quick, even quicker for him. And he was, after as I spoke to him, he was worried because he saw one of the other guys there who was a uh, an ex army guy, and he was he was like, oh, I thought he was going to be better on the on the climb, so he, he just went for it. Then he did the 10k, but a few Kenyans turned up. So I, I don't think he finished that one. This guy Sam Hoffian, but he got he got his prize day for the uh, 5k, and then uh, tried to double up and do the 10k, but. Yeah, so yeah, there you go. Um, there we go. So, aye, so what you're saying about obviously running internationally and obviously winning races and 30,000 people there as well. Uh, and then obviously that from there, you qualified for the British Cross Country Championships as well, yeah. So, um, uh, Nineteen ninety-two, went mm -hmm. to the trial. Um, I can always remember it was down at Basingstoke, mm -hmm. and uh, obviously uh, the guys, the guys that was in front of you, were like guys like um, Eamon Martin and Richard Nuraka and guys. Like, I think I finished. I think I finished fifth or sixth. Chris Robinson was just behind us, and um, so two has made the team. And I remember the. British Athletics Press slated the team, absolutely slaughtered us, saying we were all too old, because everyone was over 30, right? we were all too old, and it should be guys like, I'm trying to remember the guy, uh, Rob Denmark, is that the name, mm -hmm. Rob Denmark, because he's a track specialist, should be going here, and named a few other ones that should be going to this World Cross, and the British Athletics had made a wrong choice, and mm -hmm. so, um, well, you, you know, the rest is history, we won, won a bronze medal, um, everybody Everybody ran really well, and I remember, I'm trying to remember the name of the, the it's a boy that worked for Athletics Weekly, who'd really slaughtered this evening, he really tore into his, <laughs> and we were in the hotel in Boston and walked into the lift, and who was standing there with this guy? That <laughs> <I> was brilliant, <laughs> man, he got, he got absolutely ripped up at me, it's the golden oldies, you know, so I just <laughs> slaughtered this man, absolutely slaughtered this, but I don't, yeah, I can't even mind. But even though you, you were like, 
no, he's all in your thirties and stuff. But around about that era, you know, you had guys like guys. Oh, the guys! Not, I mean, Eamon Martin went to win the London Marathon. Yeah, you know, exactly. And, and Richard Javaka. I mean, um, I remember. I remember the uh, Eamon Martin was a he was a really nice guy. He was a he was a he was one of the boys. You no, know, really down to off. Uh, and I was out. We were in a toy store. Funny enough, believe it or not, me, him, and Chris Robinson were in Schwartz Toy Store over in Boston. And uh, Richard Nuraka walked by, and Eamon Martin said to me, I'd fucking hate him with him. And I'm saying, <laughs> hey, what's wrong with him? And he went, he's too fucking brainy, he can't learn nothing. Nuraka <laughs> <laughs> could speak about eight languages, and I think he had, he'd been to Oxford or Cambridge, and he was like, going back there to work as a, a lecturer or something. He was really, I mean, he was, he was reading books about that thing, but he was over in Boston, and he was like, just, and he was like, his fucking his life must be fucking boring. So he can't learn nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Eamon was brilliant, man. He was a bit of a lad. So he was. That was a good trip. I, I mean, what was it? I mean, uh, little did you know that that you that team would be the last team, the British team, to medal at the World Cross. I mean, they've been... changed the whole, they've changed the whole format now. I believe it's not even the way. It's not. A, it's not a, it's seven and a half mile anymore. It's like ten k. Is that right? Ten k. I. Okay, so every second year. Aye, every second year, aye. I mean, the World Cross used to be for, for everybody. For, for, for most countries, was the, the pinnacle. Apart from the Olympics, obviously, then and World Champs and stuff like that. Track runners, but that, that was your distance runners' goal. See, because, I mean, you had guys, like, for a, um, trying to think, like, Dieter Bowman, who'd won, like, the Olympic 5,000 and was a, was a brilliant 1,500-metre runner. Coming yeah. up against like, marathon runners, and mm-hmm. everybody was running like 12 and a half K cross country, you know, just like yeah. everybody was just in the pot. It was just one of them races everybody wanted to go to. Aye, because what, and, and what that's my next question, like, what was that feeling like though, like walking onto that stage at the ceremony as a team getting a world championship medal? What was what was yeah, the feeling? It was amazing, it was amazing. I will never forget it. It's it absolutely amazing. It was just a uh, it's probably the, one of the best. I think it's always better, but. I even said that I won hundreds of individual stuff, but see when you win a team medal and you're there, it's like you're, I mean, when I won a Scottish four before, I won a four, four times, I think. It felt better than winning the individual because yeah. you're part of a team, you know, it's like a team thing. Um, I know, it was really good, really, really good. You know, when I, won my, when, I won, when I won the Scottish four before cross country, national cross country with Canvas Lang, I gave my team medal to a guy called Jim Scarborough. Right. Who was one of the well, it was one of he was one of the administrators, I don't know, help or whatever you want to call him. He was always there when Camus Lang were running, he was always there. And I said, Here Jim, you're a bigger part of this team in Blood Hammer, you, you deserve something. Nice <laughs> over the moon, he was That's well over the moon. Nah, he was really chuffed with it. But I think That's he did, you know what I mean? He was just one of them guys. He would be holding all the he would be holding all the gear, he would make sure he got to the start of the race, he would make sure he, if he wanted something or I need something for my shoes, or I'm going to get a couple of spikes. He would just, he would be there, and he, would, he didn't need to, need to worry about anything. He was a man. Aye. He just turned to Jim, and Jim would go and do it for you. Just the, the, the VIP in the team. And he would run, oh, he would run, he would run, probably run three times the course, cheering right. guys on. He would be everywhere, every time you turn a corner on a course, he'd be there, what the fuck's he doing that? You know, he's just, he'd just <laughs> been everywhere on the course. But brilliant, they had a really good set. Well, he'd be, like, be underclub was when I was in it. There was a lot of a lot of sort of help and support, and you need that in a club. You know, you need that in a club. 
Yeah, definitely. You no, know what? no, like Glen Park Carriers. Did I tell you about Glen Park Carriers? <laughs> go, on, go on to YouTube and put in Glen Park Club history, and five years, five years of their history's disappeared. <laughs> Just disappeared. And it was the five year that I won the Scottish two Scottish titles and about umpteen West District titles that just wow. disappeared. <laughs> sure, sure, they could have missed it. <laughs> Somebody yeah. just absolutely forgot in five years and forgot to put it in. <laughs> five years of time, Marie. I'll need to drop my email and tell them. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Oh, um, wow. But I, what your success was on the country and one. Kind of particular Scottish national championship that you won, a particular well world class athlete turned up, Steve Ovet, yeah, and then all the media all showed up and and they went. They didn't even have you as one of the people who. No, I was even. I was a favourite. I was not. I was in the top four or five. But um, no, that was my very first win, nineteen eighty nine, um, in Hoyk, where there was about six inches of snow on the course. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was it was a real slog. It, it suited me. I felt it was a slow along. And that, that was your first win, Tommy. So, and, and I might have missed this already, but how, how many did you win Scottish national individuals? Uh, on the country. Yeah. Or, 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 or anything. On the on the country. On the country. Um, three. Brilliant. Okay. Three, three, and I think I've got umpteen silver and bronze medals as well. Right. And mm. and did I get that right? Sorry, you, you, so the first one uh, that that you won, did, was Steve Levett was in that race, was he? Yeah, well, that was the third time I beat him that year. Right. <laughs> I beat him three times. <laughs> and he said to me, he says, every time I fucking race you, it's like a mud pack. That's like, yeah. that's cross country, Steve. <laughs> so talk, I like that we, sorry, I think I like the the, bit, uh, the story to hear. It was the, the British media. Even after the race, they all ran over to Steve Levett. That's right. To the fair to Steve Levett, he said, the winners over there, go and speak to Tommy and then come and speak to me. I thought that was a really nice gesture, really. That was real professional for him. It was, it was brilliant. He was, he was he's actually a really nice guy. I mean, obviously, because I've met him, I'd met him three times in different races. I, and he's a really nice guy. And he came up here and ran for him. I think he's ran for Annan Athletic. That's who he ran for. All right. I bought, he bought a big house down in Annan mm-hmm. and he eventually converted it into a huge hotel. All right. uh, so he ran for he ran for them, they ran for an athletic. That's why he was running the Scottish. And they ran the West Districts. That's where I, I think that's where I first beat him the West Districts, uh-huh. which was held in Kilmarnock. And then they ran in an open cross country race down in Kilmarnock and I beat him again down there. Wow. Uh, see, see Seb Cole can even do that. I mean, but you you beat Steve, Steve go, every beat time him. you came across him. <laughs> I actually bet him in I raced him and I raced them. Um, Steve Cram a few times in cross country races and road races, and I actually had my dinner in Steve Cram's house during the. I don't know if you've ever remembered the um, Northumberland All Terrain Marathon series that was on Channel Four. No, oh, but I read about it when in your in your book. Yeah, uh, it was a it was a it was a race held over five days, and and each day you would run on a different surface, whether it be road, track, cross country, hill. Mm-hmm. One was on the beach on the sand, and uh, the whole the overall distance would add up to the marathon distance. And Steve Cram started off the first two races, and then he got injured, so he ended up becoming one of the show presenters. And we end up with dinner back at his house and stuff. Like that. Really, yeah, I mean, um, Brendan Brendan Foster was was heavily involved in it because it was their company 
think it was Novo, Novo International. They used to do all the filming for these shows, but the one you're like the Great North Run, that's saying they do all that stuff. So Yeah, I, I often see a um a, a quote that sort of gets banded around around sort of Christmas time, and I, I won't read it, the whole quote out, but I don't know if you're familiar with this. It's, the gist of it is, is it's a quote from Seb Coe talking about he'd been out on Christmas Day in the morning, he'd run 12 miles, and he was feeling pretty good about himself. And then as the day progressed, he started to feel a little bit uneasy, and he's thinking, oh, I bet Steve Yvette's gone out for his second session of the day. So then Seb Coe went out in the snow and, and did his second session of the day. He said he bumped into Steve Yvette a few days later and said to him, oh, you know, I told, told him that I was feeling uneasy, so I went out and did my second run, and Steve Yvette turned around to him and said, oh, did you only run twice on Christmas? Day, you know, <laughs> so I, 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 I could, I, I'd like to think that Steve didn't actually go out at all, and he had his dinner. Yeah, and, started, uh, started eating like dinner yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't but think I, I, I'm cool. Was the one of my favourite guys? I didn't really like cool. I don't know. It was just something I look about them. But I suppose yeah. sometimes that's the way he can come across. Maybe that's the way he handled being a runner. You know. Well, he he's, he's, he's a Tory, to be fair, but let's let's not get yeah. into that. Yeah, that's <laughs> another thing. Isn't it? Um, there was all sorts. There was all sorts of rumours that they were experimenting with athletes when they were down in Loughborough. Right. So, wow. wow. Fair enough. Not saying anything, but I'm just saying that's the rumours that used to be about. <laughs> a lot of experimental stuff that went in Loughborough. Rumours. Yeah. <laughs> um, do, do you know that's what actually sickened me for the, and, and sort of helped me decide to give up running? It was... Um, just at near the end of my career, there was loads of stuff going about. It, mm-hmm. You know, EPO was the was the favourite. Uh, yeah, you can go over and I get told a story by um, oh, what's his name, Paul, oh, great marathon runner, Paul Evans. Paul Evans, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Evans. Well, we were at a race together, um, and Paul said he went to sign the contract for the London Marathon. Uh-huh. And he was sitting with Dave Bedford and a. London restaurant, and then walked a guy called Vincent Russo. And Paul said, What's he doing here? And, and um, Bedford said, Oh, he's, he's gonna run the gonna run the marathon. And he says, You know, he, you know he's called the EPO King. This was a guy who had who had wrote his contract that if the temperature got above a certain limit, he wouldn't run because the, they hadn't worked out by that time. They hadn't worked out in the early days that this stuff made your blood go like fucking sludge in hot weather. You had to take like aspirin or something to keep it thinner. They hadn't worked that out by then, so he knew he couldn't run in really hot days. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And, and Bedford said, I don't give a fuck what he's. Allegedly. I don't care yeah. what he's on. If he can run fast, he's in my race, you know. There you go. What well, things Things have moved on a little bit now, haven't they, Sean? It's now it's now burritos, isn't it? Uh, that are laced with EPO and stuff. Apparently burritos, aye. Shel- was it Shelby Houlihan from America? That's the one, yeah. Aye, yeah. then she got caught during COVID when there was hardly any drug tank. It was towards the end of COVID and then drug testing started again. And and she's like, oh, it was the it was the burrito. It was the burrito, lad. How did you know it was a burrito? And who, then, was the, who, was the, who was the German that won the 5,000? Meters at the Olympics, I said his toothpaste was, was doctored with EPO. I said, You need to clean your teeth all day long, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah, wild, wild, some of the stories. But, uh, but aye, but what about you? So, obviously, the World Cross Country Championships, and then also that you, you slaughtered Steve Ovette three times. But then you, you moved on to like, the, yeah, as far as I know, you were in the World Mountain, but you weren't training for the mountains, you were actually training for a marathon. 
and then Beethoven marathon. Aye, and then that kind of fell through, and, but it just turned. Just so happens there was a World Mountain Championships. Yeah, what happened was um, I was I was running. I was running about 120 mile a week, leading up to the Eintracht Marathon. And my agent phoned us and said, "Tommy, they 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 want you to pay your own airfare and, and they'll reimburse you when you go over there." So I was like, "No, no, that's not the way it works." I says, um, "That's your job. You deal with that. You tell me to get my my tickets." And, <laughs> And they kept, they kept coming back and saying, no, tell Tommy to pay it yourself and we'll reimburse him. And I just kind of smelt a rat and I said, no, I'm not telling him I'm not going then. And it turned out what happened is some other agent had come in and offered them three Kenyan athletes, unknowns, nobody knew who they were, but three Kenyans anyway, uh, for the same price they were getting me for. Mm. So they opted for the three Kenyans, but it didn't matter. So I was really fit as a fiddle. And uh, Duke Gillen, who Duke Gillen, who wrote for the Glasgow Herald, uh, he was the athletics writer. Had said to me, "Why don't you, why don't you run the Scottish trial for the World Mountain Running Championships? Because it's getting held in Edinburgh this year." And I was like, I'm "Not really into any of that crap. I don't. I thought that was just for these kind of ladies that run up and down hills. You know, used to meet them at some of these meetings. Like, but I said, oh, alright, I'll get a go and absolutely wipe the flare with everybody. I mean, just Bobby Quinn was almost a minute behind me. I think in the trial." Yeah. Um, so that, that was it. I ended up in the, the World Mountain Run Champs at Edinburgh. And after seat, I think we went up and down it about five times. Oh, that's... Um, I had no clue. I had no clue how, how to run the race because I'd, I'd only done that one previously. It was just Scottish athletes we were up against. But mm -hmm. um, Dave Cannon, who, who I told you used to advise me, uh, he he'd came to a, a fell running, mountain running champs sort of background. And he told me to... Uh, to follow one of the English athletes. I'm trying to remember this big guy's name because he'd won it the previous year. So this boy went away like got a bat out of hell and I followed him and he took his broke miles clear and then he collapsed into a heap. So that kind of left me in the lead for the whole race and then into the, I think it was the second last downhill, an Italian boy passed me because these guys could fly down the hill and it was unbelievable. A guy called Luciani Fregoni past me. So then we had to go up again and I overtook him and left him for dead. But the finish was in a downhill and then about maybe 200 yards from the line, I could just hear the breathing coming because he just flew right by me again, tipped us. So it was a wee bit of an experience for me. I think I should have, if I ran it more conservatively to start, I think I'd have probably won it. But so I've seen butts now I get second, so that's what it was. But here, I'll tell you an interesting thing about that. After the race, um, for the going, he was first, me second, and then I think it was two Italians, third and fourth. These guys were, were amazing at it. So we all get pulled in for drug testing. You know what it's like, hot day, you've ran seven and a half miles, full pelt, up and down mountains. You're not mm -hmm. going to pass a sample within the next hour. You know them three guys were out there in 20 minutes? Passed a full sample. Yep. Mm -hmm. I couldn't <laughs> believe that. Could not believe it. You must have been, <laughs> must have been well hydrated. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'll tell you, what I'll tell you, if you ever get a chance, read a book called Breaking the Chain. Right. It's right. a cycling book. Mm -hmm. It tells you all about doping and how to dodge doping, how they done it in the Tour de France. It oh, was a yeah. Festini team. The Festini team get caught, and this was a doctor, and he he's somewhat a canary, and end up writing a book. It's called Breaking the Chain, mm -hmm. and it, it's amazing what they done, how they how they got away with it, and how. How they could pass drug tests. Yeah. They used to get used to get like a condom, right? 
condom-like thing filled with clean urine. And then that would go up the back passage of the athlete when he calls a drug test, so that warms it up to body temperature. And then there's <laughs> a small tube, small tube just running right under to the end of the penis that you couldn't see. So you're standing there peeing, you just squeeze the bum cheeks and out comes this urine right into the bar. <laughs> no problem. Uh, amazing. I mean, wow. amazing how they got away. That's how they beat the drug tests. I mean, well, there's the, the story. <laughs> I mean, the, the, going to the trouble of doing that just to cheat, it's... Well, it meant a lot of money to them, you know. That's, that's, yeah. just, that's the thing about sports, a lot of money. But do you know, I was, I was still there at the drug test. Three hours later, drinking can after can of juice before yeah. I could pass the full sample. Jesus. In and out, 20 minutes. 20 minutes to run in it. Wow. After running seven and a half mile hill run. <laughs> I think when I did Frankfurt Madison, I'm pretty sure, I, think I said to my girlfriend, we sat in at dinner, I was like, I finished that Madison, uh, it started the, it was half nine. So I finished that at 10 past 11 and we went for dinner at 8 o'clock that night and I still hadn't peed. And mm-hmm. I had, I, had, I drank a litre of water, drank three beers, still couldn't pass in. <laughs> so. I was notoriously bad, Sean. She had a drug test and I was notoriously bad at trying to pass samples. I remember when we done the, the World Cross trials again down in down in Newcastle area and I made a team. It was it was a year it was getting held in Durham. So I made a team, so I picked in for, finished fourth. Um, which was dead unfortunately. I'd actually meddled in the, the trials, but somebody tripped me up. So I went from second back to seventh. So I, I, I got up and I ended up getting back into the race and, and finished fourth. But anyways, I was going in for drug testing. Uh, <laughs> again, drinking umpteen cans of juice, water. And you can imagine there's a car sitting, a bus sitting in the car park with all the Scottish athletes waiting to get back up to Scotland. So they're waiting on me. So an hour and a half later, I've managed to produce just enough and no more. <laughs> so we get back on the bus and it's a sure that as soon as you're on the bus, you need to stop, you need to stop, I need to toilet. <laughs> and we stopped about 20 times. I think I filled about two 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 litre bottles on the bus as well. It was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That's amazing. I don't I've never I've never ever been stopped. I, I'm not good I'm not a good enough runner to be considered to be <laughs> stopped. Well, yeah, I, I, know, I, I get drug tested twice, twice in my house. Did you? Guy just right. coming to your door. Mm-hmm. Just wow. coming to the door. Well, good, yeah. good job you had a working doorbell then, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Maybe different these days, but everyone's got a ring doorbell. Um, who's there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, that's, that's mental. But no, even, even after, you know, I remember standing at the Green Up track one night, Tommy, and I was getting ready to do my session, and like you were there as well, and I remember, I think Janice Henry said to you, like, oh, Tommy, was it your birthday recently? You're like, ah, ah, I did the Twin 10K, and I won it on my 44th birthday. I was just like, <laughs> I remember that an 18-year-old boy, I was like, he's 44 and he's winning races. Uh, and I'm just like, and I can't break 60 for a 400-meter lap. <laughs> <laughs> like, even, even in your 40s, you were still... The, I was still doing okay. I was still doing okay, I think. I think running's like any sport. It's like anything. It, you can train as you can train as hard as you like, but I think everybody's blessed with some some sort of natural ability. It's something I just happen to be lucky. I found mine's 
a lot of people might never find theirs. You know, mm. you can train, you can train to be so good, but I think you just got to have that wee bit extra. I don't know what it is, but I just happen to be lucky to find mine. Yeah. yeah. I'm just interested, Tommy, with your talking about the, the sort of the hill running and stuff that you, you were doing and, and obviously pretty successful at that. Obviously, um for those of our ten or so listeners, no, <laughs> for for our listeners, um lo- local to where we are sort of uh, in, in, in Inverclyde, uh, what where was you, where was your go to kind of areas to train? I mean obviously some of the, the places that I've run on that I, I guess would be uh areas that would be pretty tough for me that, that I wouldn't always enjoy. But if I if I was training for that type of race obviously you've got that you've got the cart in green oak i mean i've ran around there a few times uh, but did, did you ever venture up to the uh the kilpatrick's at all do you ever run up there never done any hill training at all back no. right i ran up the cut most of my training was up round about the cut header and um, right. where, where i stayed for me to get to the cut was about a mile and a half uphill so they yeah. start right from the house right to the top of the cut was about a mile and a half so that, that was the start of every training run apart from the went to track nights Every, every start of my run, with a mile and a half up to, to the, the, the cup. But you can't go anywhere and get without going up a hill, really, can you? So, that's true, yeah, yeah. I was I never, I never ever used hill training either. See, like how a lot of people done hill sessions. Never mm-hmm. really, like, never found that interesting. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. I didn't, I didn't understand it. Yeah. Just, I was an actually good hill runner, but not, not for training on it, just, I was just naturally good at it. That's brilliant, is it? You get a world. Silver at the mountain, can't we? <laughs> no, no hill sessions. That's amazing. Just shows the, the kind of caliber athlete you were. Right. Well, your, your running style, your running style should be changed whether you're running uphill, downhill, or, or on a flat. It's, it's your running style, you know. Yeah, because we're, we're talking to Ian Beatty uh, last week, the, the chair of UK Athletics, and he's the race director of the West Highland Way, and he was saying like that, and his belief is that if you're an endurance athlete, you're, you're an endurance athlete. Like if you can run. You can kind of run on any, on every surface, you know. As long as you're a, a well-trained endurance athlete, you can you're, you're fit enough to do it, you know. I agree with that. I mean, because I've I've done, I mean, I've won a Scottish title. I've done a Scottish title indoors. Mm-hmm. It's just if you can run, you can run. You know, doesn't matter what yeah. surface. Yeah, Sean, as you mentioned, uh, Ian, there you, we, we were chatting to him um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, and he he'd done the Inverclyde Marathon. Just again, having a quick look on the on the uh, Scottish distance running sort of history. I know, I think you did that. Was that? I don't know if that was just when you were started with a job with Inverclyde Council. It says, and you, you got around three fifty seven. Was that? Was that right? Three fifty seven. I'm interested to know if you if you did that race again, and and also again, I, I don't know enough about your your sort of history. Did did you ever? Um, I, I noticed uh, earlier on we were talking, and you said you were you were training for a marathon when you ended up doing a different race. Yeah. So did, did you ever really uh, progress with with a marathon? Where where did you get to with that? No, I done I done one other marathon, and it was because I won it as a prize to go right. to New York. Okay, so I went there totally unprepared. Well, not I wouldn't say I was totally unprepared. I'd still been training. But I went there with a view of trying to run 2.15. Okay. That, that was in my head. Um, yeah. So, it's a wee bit of hassle to try to get my number. Something happened. They'd, they'd, they'd fucking messed up and apparently there was no number for me. But then eventually they got me a number. And I thought, I said, right, is this with the elite athletes? I'm, aye, 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 you're, you're, you're with the elite athletes. So, we're lining up on the bridge. And then, out of a side street or a side area, about... 2,000 firemen, firemen, policemen, or sort of, all these sort of people that work for New York got in front of me and were put in front of me. <laughs> right. So then I went away like a bat out of hell trying to make up, because you know when you're in the market, if you're, if you're back in the ranks, 
Yeah. And no way you're going through them quickly. So I was trying to bust my way through them. And I got through them. I was trying to make up more time. And everything was going great. Honestly, it was, it was absolutely brilliant. Until uh-huh. I hit about 19 miles. And then the cramp started. And right. I, went through, I went through the running sort of high fives to all six minute miles to something like that. I can't remember. No, I must have been faster than that. But to, to end up running about eight minute, nine minute miles in the last oh, three really? or four. Just yeah, yeah. running through quicksand. Right. Oh, could, just couldn't wait to see the end what, of that race. What What did you end up with? 2.30. 2.30, okay. I hated it. See, the last, the last six miles was just horrendous. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, know, I, I didn't know where I was, so I couldn't even stop. I, didn't, yeah. I, I was trying to stop because I didn't know where I was. <laughs> exactly. But it was horrendous. Horrendous. <laughs> Funny, but horrendous. That, that's some career you've had. I mean... National titles, world championship medals as well, and oh, all from a from a guy from Greenock. You know, it's it's not exactly a massive town, but somebody, and there's there's not been just yourself. There's been likes of Laurie Spence making Commonwealth Games from this team, and even local ones. You know, Mark Pollard winning national titles, Craig Ruddy running for GB, Johnny Glenn all from the area. I coached Martin's first cross country title. You did, did yeah, you? I, I remember that. Yeah. I remember, remember seeing you in Market at Track. I think it was a couple. And then, of they de- then they decided, for some unknown reason, they decided to go back to Norrie. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I was going to ask you a bit because, um, obviously, uh, I've met Mark in more recent years towards sort of the the latter stages of his sort of prolific running. Obviously, he managed to win the Scottish National. But yeah, what what was was when you first met Mark? Was he sort of a a, a youngster sort of coming through then? Did you, did you have many kind of tussles with him over the country yourself? Um, I, I don't know. I think I'd maybe no. I don't think we were that close together age-wise. If I had to be running against me, I think we were a bit of a gap right. there. They might have run a couple of the senior races when I was still running, but I'm not really sure. Um, okay. But we used to train. We, we got in tone. We used to train quite a lot at the track. Um, yeah. And on just like, just like the easy runs and Sunday runs and stuff like that. Um, and it was Wayne Ori, Ori Hay, who who's a good coach, but. Obviously, yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't paying off for Mark, but I thought some, some of his ideas were a bit strange. But So I just I said to Mark, look, come and train with me, and I'll give you sessions to do and stuff. And here he won. He won his, the national, I think it was through at Falkirk, he won the national cross country. And then after the race, we were talking about training and what's way in the future. And he was talking about trying to make the Commonwealth Games. And I would say, that's good. We'll start look at some different sessions and stuff like that. And then... A few weeks later, he decided to go back to Norris. So, fair enough. That's choice. I don't. Nobody's trying to stop on somebody's road. He thinks he's doing the right thing. It's up to him. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you caught him to that title, anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but aye. But so it's been great having you on and talking about your yep. brilliant running career, and you've been really funny great. as well. And um, yeah, but for anyone watching this, Tommy, who like you know who isn't you know. Like being Pete, well, Pete's a better runner than me. I'm not a brilliant runner, but for anyone who's maybe just starting out running and um, watching this, like, have you got any advice for anyone just taking up running or thinking about getting into running at all? Or? Well, just go find a local club. I think that's a, I think that's a key point if you're just starting out running because it's where you'll, it's where you'll probably get you've got a lot of good advice, but some bad advice as well. We've got a lot of good advice, um, and it's good. To, I think it's good to have amongst people. It's, it's running because if you're just on your own and I, I was quite single-minded. I was okay, but uh, for a lot of guys, I think you're better getting into amongst a club, a local club, where, where you'll get sort of knowledgeable people, coaches and stuff like that will give you good advice. You know? 
I mean, I'll tell you one more wee story before right. we go. This is how selfish a runner I was because I was single. I was single-minded. I was out in a training run, a twenty-mile training run with me, Tommy Tippin, and a guy called Stuart Hodge. Hi, man. And we were running up by the IBM road, which is how, and Stuart accidentally put one feet on the pavement and one off it, sort of twisted his ankle on the cab. And he said, oh, geez, I think I've sprained my ankle up there. He says, what are we going to do? And I says, well, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to finish my training run. You're on your own. And just ran away and left him. You high? No, but you high to do it. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't as if he was like, stuck up a mountain. I mean, there was going to be cars going by, you could have flagged one down, but I had to finish my training run. Uh, I had a similar incident recently with a friend of mine, uh, Craig Shields from, from Garscoop Areas, but he, he's, a, he's, a, he's made of a slightly softer stuff, so uh, I had to wait with him until his missus came and picked him up in the car. <laughs> but I, I think I finished my run after that, but once he was away, so there you go, there you go. But just Tommy, just, just quickly, sorry again, um, yeah, great what Sean's saying. Obviously, um, I'm sure we could. We could chat for a lot, a lot longer, and you've got many stories. Um, did I did I pick up correctly? Have, have you got a book out? Is that right? Have you got an autobiography out there? So yes, um, there is a book. Know about book that? You can, you can yes. email me. I'll send you a copy to anybody. Yeah, brilliant. And if if anyone if anyone watching it wants it, um, send my message, and I'll I'll send you I'll send you the book privately. If Tommy, email it to me if it's okay with Tommy. Oh, copy that's right, Sean. You can All give right. it to him. You've got I'll send there. a wee. I don't want to put your email publicly in case you know. Okay. That's Steve right. Ovet emails you like, hear you, you didn't beat me three times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but no, just one last thing, Tommy, uh, well, last couple of things. So first thing, how do you, like, like, from your day, you can see, like, obviously it's quite hard to make a British team, but it must be quite good seeing now a lot of Scottish people, you know, smashing the, the British scene and meddling at major championships. Oh, fantastic. Nice. Absolutely. I, I, don't, I don't keep... I don't watch a lot of athletics now, but I do. I mean, I've picked up on that. There's a lot of Scottish athletes now in British teams. Probably a fair share, maybe about a third of your British teams are Scottish athletes. That's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. Obviously, something's going right. Yeah. Uh, I wish it had been going right when I was running because it was all wrong when I was running. <laughs> <laughs> and also, as well, um, I think, like you said, um, there was the Isle of Man, you know, it was a, you know, a, a, a big, big championship and there was. Uh, two man and a dog watching. Um, mm -hmm. Have you seen a kind of difference now in athletics? Like more people in Scotland are taking more interest in it and going to spectate, or is it kind of really about the same? I don't think it's. I think it's. I think races like the see like the the Edinburgh cross country race. That obviously that's televised, so you get a big crowd there. But I don't know if it's changed much otherwise. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe it is. Maybe it's maybe better publicised now and advertised. So it, it, it might be a big change. You'll not get a lot of your normal Joe blogs going to watch a, a cross country race, you know, or, yeah. a, or a road race. But yeah, that's where it's that's where it differs from the continent. They'll just go and watch sport, regardless yeah. of what the sport is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, and one last thing for myself, though, I'm like, I'm a played marathon. You know, I've never talked to Tom Tracy and that about it, and I was like, why don't they run it anymore? And, they're just saying that it's just too much money involved and too many road closures and stuff and that as well. Do you do you do you feel that it's something that you know, the you know, the council and the town should come back together and try and bring something like the Inverclyde Marathon back? Maybe not a marathon. I don't think a marathon because I think most people if they're going to run a marathon want to run one of the big city marathons. Mm -hmm. um, maybe bring back a ten k or a half marathon. 
Yeah. Can you look at it? I mean, 10, ten K is a ten K is an ideal distance for whether you're an elite athlete, um middle of the road athlete, or just a beginner, a ten K is the ideal distance. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. think I agree as well. I think um you look at like the Paisley ten K, there's thousands of people there. Thousands yep. and you can get a good course and the boys, you can get a flat ten K in Greenock as well. You can get oh, great great courses in Greenock. No, but it's if you and if you did what a hill race as well, just head up the cut as well. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but no, it's been great having you on, Tommy. And um, I hope to see you running at some point again. But <laughs> oh, you'll see me in a football field in the man in the middle. Maybe that's the only thing we've seen you running. I know it's been yeah. amazing having you on, and I, it's been great sharing the story again and just reminding people. You know, here's the kind of calibre we have, we, we had. You know, and just I wish. Uh, Passing on your advice and your wisdom as well. But Pete, have you got anything else you'd like to ask Superstar Tommy? Uh, no, I, I don't think so for now. I mean, uh, there's there are plenty more questions that I could ask, but we we I don't want to keep him too long. Could be here sort of all day. No, it's it's been really interesting and, and worthwhile to to hear some stories from from a you know an athlete that's achieved so so much. And yeah, no, thank, thanks a lot. Obviously, it's been great to to meet you for the first time as well. Anytime right. you ever want to get me back on again, guys, I could talk all night. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Thank you. All right. All right. Cheers, Tommy. Thank you. Cheers, guys.